All right. Hello, you guys, ladies, fellas. Welcome to the Football Frame of Mind podcast, man. I'm your host, Cameron. This is the other host, Brandon. Um, Like I said, we are approaching uh, 15,000 subscribers, man. We just start off with that. That is crazy, man. That's how we started, man. So we love the attention that we're getting. Uh, we like and appreciate all the conversations, man. Uh, but before we get in, in, get into all of that, man, let's give our sponsors a shout out, man. Uh, Off the Ball Network, man. Some great guys over there. They have all the sports you can think of: wrestling, NASCAR, maybe even fishing. If you're into that, they got that <laughs> over there too. Uh, but Awesome guys over there that have uh, a litany of great guys that have great takes. Um, and our group chat be popping, man. So, uh, so great, great uh, opportunity. And we like being a part of their team. So, but Bet US is the next sponsor of this video of our podcast. Uh, one of the oldest sports books out there, man. Uh, I mean, gosh. Any sports you want to bet on, man, they got it. You know, um, like I said, NASCAR, uh, football, baseball, basketball, whatever you want, they got it, man. Take care of you, um, help you out. Even if you got gambling issues, they'll help you out with that too, surprisingly. So um, they got that. Anything you need, man, they will take care of you as far as the sports book, sports gambling, anything. So check them out in our description. Uh, we got a link in there, man. Great deal. Start you off with some free bets and go for what you know, man. Like I said, don't bet with your gut. Bet with your heart. <laughs> Might save you some money on the back end. But, uh, but yeah, man. So before we get into uh, our topic for today, man, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. And uh, like he said, we're really appreciative. Uh, you got to think we've been doing this like six months or so. So I, the growth has been pretty crazy over the last two, three months for sure. And man, we're just grateful for you guys. Uh, before y'all do anything else, though, make sure to click that like button. Leave some feedback, comment. If you're not subscribed, man, subscribe. Tons of content, pro content, college content. If you like shorts, got that, got everything. But he didn't touch that on. If you guys maybe maybe you don't like YouTube as much, we're on a lot of these other platforms as well. Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, all that good stuff. So maybe if you went in at the gym, when you're driving around, if you want to pop it on, go right ahead and listen. Uh, there will be a link in the description for our Shopify as well. We uh, have some merch now. We're going to continue to kind of keep trying to put out new stuff and see what you guys like. But you guys should definitely check out the channel. Check out those links in the description. I think you guys will really enjoy yeah, man, most definitely, man. Like I said, couldn't have said that better myself, man. Uh, like I said, man, check out the merch, man. Give us some feedback on what you know, some items maybe we should put in the store. You know, like I said, I see a lot of content creators out there with some really cool stuff in their store, man. So, uh, just give us some ideas, man, on how we can uh diversify our portfolio. Like that, big word, big word, <laughs> big word, big word. Uh, 
But today uh, we're gonna get into some uh, some NFL recap and preview, and uh, we're gonna start to mix our videos up a little bit as far as having college and pro uh, on the same video because obviously college is uh, winding down, uh, and then we'll transition into uh, as Josh Pace says the offseason. Uh, <laughs> We'll transition into that, man. Got some transfer portal stuff. So uh, we want to get into kind of start to have, you know, a show with like topics and things like that, a better, better game plan. So uh, but first off, let's get into this uh, NFL, man. So, uh, man, so we got a whole lot of stuff going on, man. Mm -hmm. Some storylines that people are not talking about, you know, so good games, first off, though. But uh, like I said, we get into week thirteen, man. So, uh, just recapping that. Uh, one game I want to talk about, man. First and foremost, man, is I want to talk about my Eagles and Forty ers man. All right, so not necessarily my Eagles, but they're my Eagles this year because they are my Super Bowl pick. So. This game threw me for a loop, man. I was like, man, the Eagles going to do what they do. I was expecting, you know, man, I was just expecting them to win, you know. I knew it would be tough because the 49ers are a really good team. You know what I'm saying? They had a little rough patch, but it seemed to be rounding back into shape. Uh, obviously, Brock Purdy had four touchdowns, I mean, 300-plus. I mean, then you got Debo Samuel doing Debo Samuel things. I mean, the defense played lights out. Like, man, like crazy game to me, you know what I'm saying, to start off with, you know. But like I said, I know we talked about the 49ers and the Eagles in the NFC Championship game picture. And, you know, this doesn't look like, you know, it's going to be an easy cakewalk as I thought it was going to be. Uh, for the Eagles, man, they gonna have to fight. You know what I'm saying? And they still got to win the division. They still got the Cowboys on the on the hill. So I don't know, man. I just think when I look at the 49ers, they had a great game plan. I mean, they used everybody. It seemed like they used Debo. They used Kittle. They used uh, McCaffrey. They used them all. You know what I'm saying? So that seems like the attack that they need to do to win. Use everybody. You know what I'm saying? And for the Eagles, in my opinion, I think their defense is really good. I just feel like they got blitzed by everybody. <laughs> like, they attacked with all their weapons, so the Eagles' defense really didn't have a chance to catch their breath, it seemed like. Uh, but if we're talking Jalen Hurts, he cannot pass 45 times. That's a no-no. That's mm -hmm. a recipe for disaster. Every week, if he got over 45 pass attempts. Now, I get it. The game was getting out of hand, and you got to pass to try to get back into it. But that's a recipe for a disaster because he's mm -hmm. not the – he's a better passer than he was in his Alabama-Oklahoma days. But for them to succeed, they got to balance it out, man. He can't beat you with his arm like that. You know what I'm saying? Not yet anyway. 
And 45 is a lot. But like I said, you bake in the fact that the game was getting out of hand a little bit. So he had to kind of pass to get him back into it. But never should he have 50, 45 passing attempts, man. I just don't agree with that. But looking at the numbers, he's the leading rusher for the game. Where's the running backs? Where's Swift? Where are these other guys? You know what I'm saying? I, there's no way he should be passing 50, 45 times and the leading rusher. Like, 20 yards? Like, nah. So, got to get that together. But it was a crazy game to me, man. Like I said, shocked me. Like, one of those games like, whoa, wait a minute. This is it wasn't supposed to happen, you know. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, they just got blitzed, man. And that's kind of what, what happens, man. Sometimes that's how you win games. You got to start off fast. Because if you, I think if you let the Eagles kind of marinate in the game, um, you know, they can just – they start to just wear on you, man, like up front and, like, they mix everything up. So, uh, that's – I think that's how the 49ers can probably win the Super Bowl if they start blitzing teams like they did with the Eagles, man. So, sure. uh, but what you think, man? What do you think about this game, man? Uh. Well, I mean, I've been on the – not the bandwagon, but I've been talking about the 49ers since the offseason. Uh, the 49ers are probably the next closest team depth-wise that can compete with Philadelphia just from a defensive standpoint. Uh, I think they've got more weapons on offense. Uh, but, I mean, man, I, I didn't expect that defense to hold them like that. But it's like they forced – they took the running game out of it. And they forced them to have to compete with them and have to try to score points quick. And they just couldn't. The Eagles offense works really well when they can use their running backs. And they Hurts can run every once in a while, but they have their running backs involved in the pass game. Uh, but, man, Brock Purdy had a really good game. And it finally seems like, man, this is potentially what this offense is going to be playing like in January. The Eagles have got something to worry about for sure. Uh, you should not be only dropping 19 points. In a game like this, you have to be able to get it together. And the fact that the 49ers dropped a 42 bomb on them, that's concerning. Not enough to where the red alarm's going off, but yeah, you need to figure this out because we're almost halfway through December and the playoffs are right there, bro. And if you don't figure that out now, that's not going to be too good when it comes playoff time. Playoffs mean anything goes. And if the 49ers are playing like this, they definitely are a favorite to come out of the NFC for sure. Yeah, and I mean, another thing is uh, the Eagles got blitzed at home, too. Like, they were at mm-hmm. home for this game. So, took them out of it. Took the, yeah, took the crowd, everything out of it. Yeah. yeah, so when you look at, you know, a game like this, the 49ers don't fear playing on the road. And that was one of my things going into this game. I was like, uh, if the Eagles had home field advantage in this matchup, like, you know, hypothetically in the NFC Championship game, if they were at home, I would give them the, the edge. But no, not after that one. I don't I don't think so. But Debo did say after the game last year, he was like um he was like if Brock Purdy would have uh I think he didn't play or he got knocked out the game or something like that. He got hurt early on. Yeah, so he was like if he played the game would have been a lot closer. Well, he was right. <laughs> he he has some facts with that, so we'll see. I don't know. Uh, but what other game you got, man? You want to recap? Man, uh, there are 
and we're not going to go into like all of them, although me and him can talk about football all day and all night, if y'all don't know this already. Yeah. Uh, but, man, a game that's kind of interesting to me and a little concerning is uh, Chiefs and Packers, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Man, uh, yeah, man, Jordan Love, man, throws for he throws forward two hundred fifty yards. Doesn't turn the ball over. Throws three touchdowns. Uh, and Mahomes, man, looked a little uh, like the Packers really came to play. Man, that defense kept them in the game the entire game. And man, when it when they needed it, Jordan Love put the team on his back, and he did what he had to do. Like I haven't been the biggest guy for Jordan Love, but I've definitely seen his progression, especially in the last month or so. Like, he's He's progressing quite well. And the fact that obviously it was in Lambeau, but anytime you could beat Kansas City home or away, that's impressive. Especially the fact yeah. that you held Patrick Mahomes to under 21 points and your quarterback played perfect. He didn't have to throw for 500 yards, man. He threw for 267, really good completion percentage, and got the ball in the end zone three times. You can't ask for much less. And for the Chiefs, uh, get back to the drawing board. I mean, they did really good running the ball. Pacheco averaged. He had a really good average per carry, 110 yards. He had a touchdown, but it just seemed like the pass game wasn't consistent and just potent and deadly like it usually is. So, I mean, whatever that defense had dialed in, man, it worked for sure because they contained this offense. Yeah, man, I'm looking at these numbers, man. I'm just like, man, Jordan Love with three touchdown passes, man, is showing a really – yeah, showing a really maturation process. But I think we talked about this earlier, like in, in the season, like we was like the Packers are in a good spot because um who's who's their coach? Uh LaFleur. LaFleur, right? So LaFleur with Aaron Rodgers was kind of button heads all the time, right? Because mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers has his way of doing things. But I felt coming into it that Jordan Love would be more receptive of what LaFleur was talking about because mm -hmm. this is his guy. He can mold him and how he wants them to play without too much, you know, backlash. So the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, you're looking at, you know, the game, this is kind of the game you wanted to see him play. You know what I'm saying? I thought A.J. Dillon – with his 73 yards was really, really important, you know, mm -hmm. because it allowed Jordan Love to use play action a lot rather than just mm -hmm. him passing, you know what I'm saying? So, sure. you know, so I'm not surprised that the Packers won. I'm not surprised because I feel like, you know, they're learning how to play. And with them being 500, a wild card isn't too far out of the realm of possibility. It's not that far, you know. It's, it's definitely still there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? 500 at this point, you know what I'm saying? If you string some wins together, you could really sneak into the playoffs. And I like Jordan Love, you know, I don't know how the playoffs will be for him because obviously a different beast. But it's a one-game scenario. So if he plays good, that first playoff round, you never know what could happen. That's kind of how it goes, you know. But the more concerning thing is the Chiefs, man. Um, I mean, I, you know, you know, going through, you know, basic training in the military, we had a conversation, me and my drill sergeant, about 
Mahomes signing this $500 million deal, right? And I was like, it's cool now, you know, big money quarterback doing what he do, right? But I'm looking bigger picture. Like once Tyreek Hill is needs some money or Kelsey needs some money, mm-hmm. uh, everybody who, you know, was a part of the championship team that actually contributed to them winning, they're going to want to get paid. So you're not going to have a lot of money going to everybody. And Mm -hmm. now you kind of see what I was talking about. You know, it's it's not looking good, man. And I don't think, I don't agree with Stephen A that everybody's not scared of the Chiefs anymore. I just think it's more of a fact that now that people got to get paid, it's time to add some more pieces. Mm -hmm. And it's like Pachinko is a running back. Like he is yep. what he's the guy, right? And I like the way he runs. It's no nonsense, straight downhill, right? But as far as passing the ball, they don't have many weapons, man. I mean, Kadarius Tony is kind of up and down. And I think he's more of a threat special teams than anything. But the concerning part is that I don't think Mahomes has the weapons to really make a run this year. He doesn't have a wide receiver one. Yeah, you you got Kelsey, right? He's going to be there. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he has some extracurricular things going on right now uh, with Taylor Swift. So, you know, yeah, he's invested. I'm not saying he's not an invested player or whatever. But I'm saying – over the grand scheme of things, you can take Travis Kelsey out. He's not going to beat you the whole game to the point where you could just lose the game. You could bracket him, double coverage him, you know what I'm saying? Hell, you could run at him all day, you know what I'm saying? And, and on, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can, uh, you can, you know, have blitzers on him all day, you know, almost chip him, whatever, run into him. Like, whatever, but you could take him out of the game and you kind of see what it was. I mean, he had 81 yards, but four receptions. You know what I'm saying? I would love to know how much he was targeted because I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it was a lot. You know what I'm saying? Given, you know, how much they need him right now. But my point is, they are in trouble and, you know, they really don't have no weapons for real on offense to really make you want to respect them. And I feel like even though, you know, they are the AFC darling and people think that the AFC goes through them, that's not necessarily true. Not this year. You know what I'm saying? And usually it would have to go through Arrowhead or whatever the stadium is called now. But now I don't think so. I don't think so. So that's the most concerning point to me about this game the Chiefs like I mean they're eight and four right now which I don't think either of us thought they would be at this point you know what I'm saying I thought at least two losses at this point maybe because you know I think we both picked Detroit to kind of be mm-hmm. one at least early yeah. because like we Detroit, did yeah Detroit's coming in hot at the beginning of the season but Four losses, man, including one to the Denver Broncos, who completely, we didn't even see that coming. It's just not looking good, man. 
And I mean, Mahomes has really been pedestrian lately. Now, I was under the impression that maybe they're just bored and they're ready for the playoffs because they've been in the playoffs with deep playoff runs the last, what, three, four years in a row? So, mm-hmm. you know, I some teams be bored, you know. They don't play that well, and then they tighten up as we get later into the season. But this is not that. This is a team no. that's, like, trying to figure things out offensively on the fly. And it's because they don't have no weapons, man. So, I don't know. But bigger picture, the Chiefs are in trouble, man. They in mm-hmm. trouble. So, one one more game, I guess one more game. If you had a game that Ooh. you wanted to talk about, yeah, uh, I got one more game. Uh, it's not big, big power, but uh, man, I gotta give love to my rookie of the year prediction. Man, we got Denver and Houston, and CJ Stroud continues to ball out. Man, uh, I thought Denver was on a really good roll, they had won about five or six in a row, and now the old Russell Wilson shows his head again with three interceptions. Dude, Stroud throws for almost 300 yards. Doesn't turn the ball over. Tank Dale goes out early, which really hurts them. He's out for the season. Yeah. That's going to hurt that offense. But Nico Cowan steps up and catches almost 200 yards on nine receptions. And that offense, man, very explosive. And they're very – they're 7-5 and right now. I mean – well, I mean, look, we said the AFC South was going to be something serious this year. You know, I gave the, you know, the the nod to uh, Jacksonville because I thought they had the best quarterback in the division. Uh, but now that, you know, Trevor Lawrence's injury concern is like he might not he might not be playing for a while. So, um the Texans got a chance to win this division, man. And, you know, and with them, if they win it, they will get a, a, a home playoff game and a wild card, you know, just because. So, you know, hey, you never know, man. And, you know, obviously you look at C.J. Stroud, and like I said, you said that he was the most pro-ready, and that's what everybody else was saying as well. Uh, I wasn't necessarily on that train because I'm like, uh, I would say Ohio State, like non-believer in their quarterbacks because there are not really many good ones, you know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, highly in the draft like that. So, but he's ready, man. And he just looks ready. Like, it looks like everything slowed down for him. Hmm. And the fact that you lose Tank Dale. And you got Nico Collins, right? Shows me that they really good. But I want to talk about the Houston Texans defense, though. Like, I told you, man, getting C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson in the first round was the perfect setup for them for the future. Because you got two cornerstone players in one year. Usually, you would have to draft one or the other. But the fact that you got two cornerstone players to start with, to start the rebuild process, was perfect, man. And Will Anderson is looking like defensive rookie of the year. Like, he, he's looking good. Like, really good. So, the fact that he got after Russell Wilson a few times, man, he had one of those games. It's like, hey, I'm in the NFL now. 
You got to mm-hmm. recognize me. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like I said, I, I like Denver. You know what I'm saying? And they're not out of the picture either at six and mm-hmm. six. You know, with the Chiefs, you know, up and down. And, you know, with them being six and six, that looks really good right now. You know what I'm saying? Tough loss, obviously. But, you know, Russell Wilson uncharacteristic is like not a turnover machine. Like if you look over his career, he really takes good care of the football. Like so the fact that he's got three interceptions in this game was was kind of uncharacteristic of him, you know, looking at his career as a total. Uh but I think it's easy to fix, man. I don't like Cameron Sutton being the leading receiver. I think you gotta get mm-hmm. Jerry Judy the ball. Um I don't I don't like that at all. I think Jerry Judy, you know, has to get the ball a little bit more. Uh, but that's not saying that he tried to force Jerry Judy the ball and that's where the interceptions came from. But I think Jerry Judy has to make his presence felt a little bit more, especially if they're gonna make a playoff run. You know, he's gotta demand the ball a little bit more. Um, but we'll see, man. But the Texans winning this game puts them in prime position for a deep, for a uh, a playoff push. They're only like a game back. Yeah, and they can win. They can win the division too, because like I mm-hmm. said, Trevor Lawrence is is hurt, man. So, um, but one game I, I want to get I want to get your take on, man, before we move into the preview, is your your Patriots, man. I have to get your take on. What you see, what you think, what's gonna happen? I gotta see moving forward, man. So, so, so let let's fill everybody in before we get into it. Let's fill everybody in on the game. So, all right. So this game was between the Chargers and the Patriots, right? And surprisingly, this was a fifty score, sixty to zero, uh, six to zero. I mean, so um. I got to get your take on it, man. I mean, we were looking at this game, and my take on it before we get into yours is the Patriots' defense seemed like they were playing pretty good. I mean, you hold Eckler to 14 carries and 18 yards, which is really bad, uh, and you hold Keenan Allen, who's really good, like the leading receiver in receptions at like 100 already. Um, to 58 yards. I mean, Herbert's dealing with a hand issue, which we talked about in a few episodes ago, that's kind of affecting his game a little bit. Uh, but you hold him to 200, you know what I'm saying? Just north of 200. So defensively, I don't think this team is, is bad. I just think offensively, they just, they just don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, you start Zappy. Who I mean I I like I like Zap I I do I'm you know I'm a supporter of of Alabama players, but I mean if you're not getting the job done, you're not getting the job done, man. Uh, I I thought them benching Mac Jones was was interesting, but you got to get a spark somewhere, you know what I'm saying? So like I said as an Alabama player supporter, I don't ever want to see a quarterback get Bench, but I mean, you gotta you gotta go somewhere, man. And I mean, Devontae Parker with four catches for sixty four was pretty good, man. 
And then Zeke even had a, a plus um, carry to rush ratio. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I just think it's not looking good, man. But the Chargers have been the disappointment of the, the league for me. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, yeah. I think I think we picked them to at least get a playoff berth. You know what I'm saying? Because we felt like they would be um, behind the Chiefs at least, but would sneak into the playoffs. So the fact that they're five and seven at this point just is mind-boggling to me. But like I said, we already talked about that though because you felt like Coach Staley needs to go. And I felt like he needs to go, um, but I didn't know he was that bad. The guy is an idiot, man. <laughs> like some of the stuff he does. I've been saying this. Like he just is a not. He's an idiot to me, man. Like I just don't know how you mess up a team this good. But that's that's my 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 take on it. But let's get your take on it, man. Let's see what, what okay. you. Okay, so I'm gonna touch base on the charges really quick. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say. I've been saying this since we started this channel. Uh, he needs to go. I'm sorry. There's no way. The Chargers have a top five loaded roster in the league. They're loaded. Their offense is talented. Their defense is a lot of star players. There's no way. It, there's just no way this team should be sitting at five wins right now. Realistically, they should be sitting probably at least with the opposite record, at least seven and five. Seven, eight wins at least minimum. I mean, I, uh, Herbert is having hand issues, but it, it's not going to go the way they need to. The, the Raiders shouldn't have even been in consideration to even be in second place or even anywhere near that. And especially the Chargers should be in second place. The coach needs to go. It, it's just there's no excuse. Uh, now, the. There's not a whole lot I'm going to say about this situation. Uh, defense has never been an issue, man. We've been having this conversation for a long time. Uh, when you got guys like Matt Judon and you got J.C. Jackson and a bunch of these other guys on defense, man, they're not going to slip up too much. But our offense is abysmal. Uh, I don't know if I agree with them benching him. I understand you want to get a spark somewhere. Honestly, just play Malik Cunningham. Let let Get some fresh blood in there. Playing a different kind of offense. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. We should be drafting a quarterback this year. If you can get your hands on Caleb Williams, you draft Caleb Williams. If you can get your hands on Drake May, you take a chance on Drake May. Uh, there's a lot of things circling with Bill Belichick. I know he just signed an extension recently, and they're talking about him trying to go somewhere else. I don't know. But if I'm counting on Bill, Bill's going to be there. You need a quarterback. Your offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, cannot make lemonade without lemons, and he ain't got no lemons right now at all. He's got an empty pitcher and water. He ain't got no lemonade. Uh, no disrespect to Bailey's happy and Mac Jones, but it's not going to work. No. You need somebody that with minimal weapons can at least do something. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do the rest of the season, man. I don't know if you're tanking. Are you trying to get the number one pick? Because at this point, They've got more losses than Arizona has, so they're right in line to maybe fall into that freaking spot. Uh, and it sucks, man. It definitely sucks. It's a much different conversation than we were having five years ago. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man, uh, I don't think Bill O'Brien is the problem. I think he can only do so much 
with what quarterback play he has. So, yeah, uh, I'm hoping they figure it out, but I'm definitely expecting New England to be taking a quarterback at the big top of the draft this year. If they don't, I'd be very, very surprised for sure. I, hey, I'm surprised that they are 2-10 and 10 as well, man. I, I don't know. Like I said, I would never say to fire Bill Belichick because I feel like he's earned the right to uh, right the ship. I feel like he's earned the right to do it. You know what I'm saying? At least if if you're Robert Kraft, give him the rest of the season to just figure it out. And then, hey, we go into the offseason and you figure it out at quarterback. Like, is Mac Jones the, the way? Because, I mean, he looked good his rookie season. Even year two was okay. Started out okay. So it's like, what what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, Caleb Williams, yeah, but I don't think he's the the guy. No, not for Bill, but taking somebody at the top you know of what? the – I would – I don't think they have time for a project player, so I'm not going to no, say – No, they need like, a guy who's pro-ready. Yeah, so I would say – I would say Caleb Williams is obviously the odds-on favorite to go first overall. So if you got a chance to get him, I'd say get him. But in terms of what they're looking for and what Bill O'Brien is good at working with, I would look at somebody that's in an offense like that. You know, you know, I can't really say that Drake May is a fit, but I think he might be the best fit for what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Somebody that can spin it, you know what I'm saying, and hasn't necessarily won with all the five-star talent either. And then I think, yeah, Phoenix is good, but I would pick your boy Jaden Daniels, dog. I would. And not just because, you know, he might win the Heisman, but I just feel like you need some – you need a spark. Yeah, and what you need he, somebody who's a self-starter. Yeah, one – one the person that's going to give you uh, an extension of the run game with his legs. You know what I'm saying? Not saying Caleb Williams can't run, but, like, not explosive like, like Jay Daniels is. I feel like – yeah, I get it. It might be a high pick and it might be risky. But I feel like, man, he's played against some of the best defenses there is. You know, I can't say the same for Caleb Williams. I can't say the same for Phoenix. But I feel like his ability to play against these defenses and have them completely flustered with his aerial attack and his his legs. Just fits. It's like a new something new. Like I said, mm-hmm. I mean, y'all went through um, Drew Bledsoe, you know, prototypical pocket passer, and that was the times back then. So mm-hmm. you know, that's what you really had to go with. And then you had Tom Brady, prototypical drop back passer, right? But then you got Mac Jones, the same type of guy. And like I said, I'm a supporter of Bama Dudes, but times have changed. And the way the defenses are getting after quarterbacks, you can't just stand there. You know what I'm saying? Nope. 
you got to get up out of there sometimes. And sometimes it's more, it's better plays when you run. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just think, man, it's time to do something different. And I would say give Belichick one more year to kind of right the ship. You know what I'm saying? He got some weapons. It's not like they don't have any weapons. They do. It's just you got to find a way to get them the ball. And I feel like a quarterback with dual threat ability would help the Patriots a lot more than a pocket passer. Yeah. Because I just think you just need a different look, man. I think if a defense had to commit somebody else to watch for Mac Jones running, it will open up a lot more in the passing game if you ask me. You know? Yeah. Like I said, I just think it's time. We'll do something different, man. But, you know, but that was the recap, man. Let's get into this preview, man. Uh, Really interested to see what you thought about the Patriots, man. I've been holding that question in. I thought they would kind of get the ship together, but nah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but all right, we get this week fourteen preview, man. So uh, I start with my Ravens, man. I believe we had a bye week this week, so everybody's kind of you know getting healthy and things like that, right? So, but my Ravens are nine and three, man. I'm excited about this, man. I am ecstatic. We are right where we need to be. You know, we got the rate we got the Rams coming in. Um and the Rams are six and six. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs. They might be like a low lottery pick in terms of like if we're talking basketball and draft picks. I think they won't make the playoffs, so they'd be like one of those first teams, last teams out of the race. But six and six, man, anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you string some games together. And the extra game that they have, you know, now uh, could help them. But I just, I think my Ravens got this game, man. Like I said, the Ravens have a Super Bowl defense. And the only reason I didn't pick them to win the Super Bowl is because of the offense. And mm-hmm. I just like the Dolphins' offense more than I like that defense, man. And that's just it, you know, like, but, you know, as a fan of the team, I like what I see, man. I think Lamar Jackson had a time to get healthy. And, you know, if I look at the standings right now, I like where we are. All right. I think we are slam dunk to win the AFC North. So that's already in my mind. I think everybody in our division is suffering from quarterback issues I mean, you got Burrow out for the season, uh, Watson out for the season, and they got Mitchell Trubisky starting with the Steelers. So, quarterback issue, yes. So, I just think we're good as far as the division is concerned. So, now we move to what? Home field advantage. So, what's up, man? You all right? Um, yeah, <laughs> beat it, dude. Okay, okay, <laughs> but anyway, we move into the home field advantage, man. And, um, we got a good shot at it. 
I mean, right now I think we're tied for second with the Dolphins. So nine and three, I like it. I like our chances, man. So what you think, man? You think I'm I got fool's gold? Or you think No, I mean, hey, I mean I'll go back to what we were talking about earlier with the AFC being open. I think the AFC's wide open. And I don't think it runs through Arrowhead at all. Nah. I think I it's don't. honestly. Man, if I'm just thinking about it, like if I'm thinking of two teams, uh, nine times out of ten going to be coming out of the AFC, Kansas City isn't one of them. Mm-mm. It's between Miami and Baltimore, for sure. Nothing against Kansas City, but until they can get wet, like get something together on offense, uh, Miami's got the most prolific offense in the league right now, and Baltimore's got a top three unit on defense. With Lamar Jackson not playing a whole lot of turnover football. So, I mean, hey, and they're able to score points. It'll definitely be interesting, to say the least. I agree, man. I agree. Dude, get out. <laughs> uh, but I misspoke about the uh, the Texans, man. Um, getting into the playoffs, man. I just caught a glimpse of the standing. And the Texans, you know, they're eight, they're seven and five, but the Colts are too. Yeah. You know, so they're both only like a game back in the division. They're right there. Jacksonville's eight and four. Yeah. So, you know, I think they can make the playoffs, but the Colts is like right there too. You mm-hmm. know, so I'm not sure what's going on in Indianapolis, but. Shoot, Minshew look like he's doing his thing, man. He's trying to get paid, bro. Yeah, I see. I see, man. So, I don't know, dog. That, that's a tough division, man. But, you know, getting back into the the preview, because like I said, we could talk about college. We could talk about football all day. Uh, but, uh, you know, all right. This is your game right here. This is this is your game, man. So the Saints against the Panthers, man. What what are we gonna make of this game, man? I mean, you got the Panthers who are one in eleven, and we got your your Saints, man, who are five, five and seven. Now I'm looking at the standings right now, and this is just as ugly as it was a few years ago. Uh I don't know who's gonna win this division, man. Falcons six and six. Y'all five and seven. The Bucks are five and seven. And the Panthers have already been eliminated. So yeah. um it's an ugly division, man. Uh so what's your take on this game, man? What what are we looking for? The Saints should obviously win this game, but Derek Carr is not who I thought he was. No, I think I fooled both of us, to be honest with you. But uh, I don't think he's playing. I think Jameis is uh, starting because I think he still had Carr in protocol, huh? Yeah, that's what I was reading. Uh, just reading on my phone. Uh, he's still in the protocol. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is the thing. This season for the Panthers. Okay, okay, okay. You got to get out. Out, out. Dude. (laughs) 
dude, stop, man. Dude, dude. <laughs> trying to catch a toddler is really hard. Come here. Okay, 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 okay. All I'm asking you to do is just turn it down. I don't care if you're in here, just turn it down. All right, so, so the Saints, the Saints and Panthers, right? So, I don't know, like I said, we just picked, well, I picked the Panthers to be the surprise team. And I don't think my prediction went right at all because. Not only are they one of the league's worst teams, Frank Reich's no longer there. <laughs> Dude, that's a talk in itself, man. That that so, that shouldn't happen. So I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know what to expect, man. I don't even know. I like I said, as a Bama player supporter, I don't know, man. I mean, I just want Bryce to like get through this season healthy. So they can't blame him for being hurt and all of that. So I don't know where they're going to go, but I just hope that, you know, they figure it out, man, what they want to do. Because this team needs some help. Like, they need some help, like some real help. So, but as far as your Saints, man, I mean, with Jameis starting, man, what kind of game you think, man? Because I hate for them to lose this game, bro. Because I, uh, I don't so want to lose. So my take on is obviously they are the favorite to win, but when you we're gonna have another abysmal offensive discussion. But uh, as long as you let Pete Carmichael calling plays and Dennis Allen running, any game can. Uh, this is the thing: the Saints nine times out of ten will win this game just because they're a better team overall. Yeah. But the scariest thing is playing a team that has absolutely nothing to lose. They have no head coach. They have like one win on the year. They have nothing to lose. They have talent. They need a lot of help, but they have talent. And, uh, yeah, I could see something stupid happening. Yes. Because uh, team that has nothing to lose. You always come out of nowhere. Uh, Carolina's very bad. Uh, me and you had a talk on the side. I don't think Frank Reich should have been fired. I think that was kind of unlawful and just uncalled for. But that's a discussion for another day. But in regards to this game, uh, the, the Panthers could creep up, like, jump on the Saints early. Uh, the Saints can't score points at all. They have to rely on their defense to get points at this point. Uh, but if I'm going to go with my gun, I'm going to go Saints. But I, I expect some changes in the offseason from the head coaching position, especially if they don't make playoffs. You're probably going to be looking at a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator for sure. You're probably going to have a whole new staff if they somehow lose it all. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. I, I just, I don't know, man. The Panthers, like, I expected the Saints to kind of run away with it. You know, we just, both did. Just my opinion. Because I thought they had the best quarterback in the division, and I thought that would be a deciding factor. And y'all defense is pretty good, too. So, uh, I don't know, man. It surprised me. It surprised me what this division looked like right now. Like, the Falcons are in first place right now. And, you know, for a while, I thought they weren't going to do anything. You know, uh, then the Bucks was good. And shout out to Mike Evans, man, for being solid 
for his whole career, man. The man got 10,000 receiving yards, man. If you don't think he's a Hall of Famer, y'all smoking something. Like, dude is nasty, man. Like, he gonna, he gonna finish his career with at least a thousand catches and 10,000 receiving yards and maybe a hundred touchdowns. Like, mm-hmm. it's dudes in the Hall of Fame that don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I think he's on, he's on a first ballot, uh, track right now. Um, and, so shout out to Mike Evans, man, because he he been solid, solid. So yeah. So you got any games you want to uh, talk about this week? Uh, I mean, if I'm gonna touch, so I think this is like our third game we're talking about, uh, and I guess then we could transition. But I mean, I think the biggest matchup of the weekend is a uh, Sunday night football, man. Philly at Dallas. Philly's sitting yeah. at ten and two. Dallas is sitting at nine and three, man. Big divisional matchup, and man, this can have big implications on the NFC as a whole, especially if Dallas finds a way to win this game. The Eagles could find themselves having to play in the first round for sure if they drop a game like this just off of like win losses. Uh, I think it's a really good matchup. I think Dallas matches up really well with Philly, although I don't see Philadelphia dropping two in a row, especially not dropping the second one to Dallas, but it is. Away at Dallas. Uh, this game could go either way, man. A lot of star power, a lot of talent. Agreed. Uh, what do you think? Um, well, like I said, I got to keep mentioning Eagles are a part of my Super Bowl pick. So right now I'm looking good. So I need them to win this game to just kind of just end all the tiebreaker situations. So I need them to win this game. But, man, Dak's playing pretty good, man. But I I don't think uh I don't think uh, Dallas wins this game, man. I think the Eagles getting embarrassed by the 49ers. They're gonna come out playing pretty mad, man. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think they're gonna stick them with the run because I don't think they ran enough in this last game. So I think they're gonna mix it up, and I don't think Jalen Hurts is gonna have uh 45 pass attempts. Don't think that at all. So I think they're gonna mix it up. And really kind of keep um, Dallas off off kilter a little bit, and I think they keep the ball away from uh, Dak a little bit. And I think he gonna if they if Dallas was to win this game, they're gonna have to start like the 49ers did, like fast. Mm-hmm. Because if they let the Eagles just wear on them and wear on them, this game is gonna get away from them, and they're not gonna have enough possessions to really make it make it happen. So uh, I think the Eagles win it. And kind of put a stranglehold on the uh, on the NFC North, man, or I- NFC East. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what that's what I got. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me one second. Let me let this dog out. Oh, almost fell, bro. Almost fell. <laughs> put down the outtake. Caught put <laughs> caught it in four K, bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> caught it in four K. All right, man. It's an outtake. <laughs> 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 Almost fell, man. But uh, but nah, man. Y'all would have had a laugh. That would have definitely been cut out. <laughs> <laughs> bloopers, right? Bloopers, man. So, um, like I said, we want to. Like I said, this is our uh, probably gonna be like our weekly show. It's something we're gonna do. 
Uh, so we're gonna probably start off with the NFL because that's like the season that's still going. Uh, but we're gonna get into uh some college, man. Um, we obviously reacted to the college football playoff rankings. Um. Uh, uh, through our shorts. So if you want to look at our shorts, man, I'm obviously wearing one of the teams. I'm excited. We got in there, man. Uh, but just wanted to get your take on it, man. Like this could be our our official reaction to it. Um, the college football <laughs> rankings, man. So um, I'll let you start. I'll let you start because I, I can. Man, so let's just let's just address the white elephant in the room that everybody's been talking about, including Mr. Desmond Howard, with some very controversial comments in regards to Florida State not making it. Uh, man, I mean, I called that Bama could beat Georgia, and it happened. So that didn't completely surprise me. What surprised me was they found a way to take an undefeated team out of the playoffs. Obviously, you guys know Jordan Travis had a really bad injury. But, man, like, you can't deny, like, every team in this, like, everybody had, like, a close loss. Bama had close losses or close Washington. All of them did. But, man, I was not expecting Florida State to get shaft like that at all. Uh, and, I mean, obviously, they were going to put, if they were going to put Alabama in, they were going to have to put Texas in. Texas didn't lose another game besides the other game they lost, and then they have the win advantage over Alabama. So, I mean, I wasn't bit mainly surprised by Georgia because I just – I kind of felt like even in the beginning of the season, I didn't I didn't think they were going to win it again. I think I predicted them to be a little bit worse, but it falls into my prediction that, like, I just didn't think they had it, especially with the role that you guys have been on. I just don't think they were playing on the same level or progressing the exact same way. So yeah. that didn't surprise me. But the fact that the committee found a way to screw Florida State out of a berth, like, come on, I, I understand they're starting quarterbacks out, but, dude, playoffs are playoffs. College, football, like, NFL doesn't matter. Like, playoffs are playoffs. Give them a chance to play, man. They won the conference. They went undefeated. They proved that they deserve to be there. Uh, but, man, we got some really good matchups. But that was the biggest bombshell that I don't think anybody saw coming at all. I think more than likely – People thought that Alabama was going to get just barely scooted out because Texas had the win advantage and that Florida State was going to scoot in there and still be in, but not what everybody expected for sure. Yeah, man. So as you guys know, I am the Bama fan of the podcast. So uh, I'm excited. I'm glad we got in, man, um, because I felt like you can't put – Texas in without putting us in, even though they beat us head to head. So coming into it, like going probably that that evening after we beat Georgia, I was thinking like, okay, we beat Georgia, who's been the number one team for the last two years, three years, 29 wins in a row, and we stopped them, right? So they was like college football's final boss in a sense, right? So we took them out. So I was like, okay, it's a good chance that we can get in. So then I started thinking about, then I watched the ACC championship game. And I started thinking about, you know, Florida State's game against Northern Alabama. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that didn't look good. 
But I was like, okay, you know, look, they trying to figure it out. Give them a chance to do that. So we get to the ACC championship game, and I'm like, bruh, Louisville is like, this game is ugly. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an ugly game. And going into it, even though I'm a Bama fan, I was like, okay, they won, so the committee might do it. But then later that night, I'm thinking, they don't have the stones to keep out uh undefeated team. They're not going to do it. They're going mm-hmm. to they keep us out and try to spin it like, well, Florida State's undefeated. So, and then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to put them in. And then Texas is probably going to get in because, you know, they beat us. So I'm thinking, all right, whatever. Then as you start reading Twitter and you start reading some of the news clippings, it started to come out like, man, Bama could really get in this thing and they could keep out Florida State. So my personal take after gathering all the information was, I'm like, okay, Bama knocked off Georgia, and we got a crazy strength of schedule. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We've been on a hot streak, and we ain't lost in conference. So mm-hmm. all of that into what it is made us one of the four best teams, right? So now mm-hmm. I'm looking at everybody else's case. So you know uh, Michigan's getting in. You know Washington's getting in. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, these two cases, these three teams, because that's all it really was. Georgia couldn't Mm -hmm. get in because they don't have a conference championship. Now they might, composite-wise, they might be the four, one of the four best teams, but we knocked them off. So now Mm -hmm. it's us, it's Florida State, and it's Texas. So Mm -hmm. I don't really think the Big 12 was that good, but Mm -mm. they beat us. So it's like, okay, you got to put them, you got to put them in, right? They have a championship. They have the head-to-head matchup. Okay, cool. So they're in, right? So now I'm looking at our case and Florida State's case. So the old college football fan in me was like, the hell with the quarterback situation, and they won, right? But yeah. the fan in me is like, okay, screw that. Who looked better? One, in a championship game. Two, who looked better down the stretch? And who's got the better defense, like, looking at it? And I'm like, okay, their defense held, you know, Louisville to, you know, a lower standard than what Louisville's been playing with. But I'm like, Kentucky just did the same thing, and they got worse players than us. So Mm -hmm. how really, how good was Louisville? And how good is the offense, right? And then I look at uh, Jalen Miro. Like, that was one of the minuses that people was talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at those two factors. So, okay. We obviously got the better one, and we dominated Georgia through the whole game. So I'm like, you can't keep out the SEC champion. You can't. It's the toughest. If you do, it's like blasphemy. Yeah, like, bro, you can't do that. Like, yeah, Texas beat us early in the season, right? Everybody was figuring themselves out in week two, which is really why I really didn't hold that win to higher standards Mm. because I'm like, everybody's figuring it out. 
If LSU mm-hmm. had one loss, and that one loss was to uh, Florida State, and they were the SEC champion, you really going to hold them to that? That team don't have Jordan Travis no more. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. on a neutral field, LSU and that argument would probably be in. So don't mm-hmm. try to make it seem like, oh, it's all about the quarterback, because it's really not, man. It's mm-hmm. not. Florida State was really bad down the stretch, man. Yeah, and, they started to kind of crumble. Yeah, man. And I'm like, this is the same argument I had with TCU going into it the year before or last year. <laughs> oh, that's different, but same kind of topic, yeah. Like it's the same <laughs> kind of argument, bro. Mm-hmm. Like they lost the con they, they lost the conference championship game, right? Okay, Florida State won. But all of their wins were well, like nail biters. Nail biters. Does that really make you a four best team, in my opinion? No. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what TCU was doing last year. They were skating by everybody. Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma. Kansas State. Everybody. Oh, no. Kansas State, they lost that game, but yeah. And they lost that game. So I'm like, is this team really one of the four best or one of the four mm-hmm. most deserving? And I felt like they went with the four most deserving because they didn't want to do it. But this year, you had no choice. Because last year, you could say, all right, Bama lost two games, so they can't be in. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I was like, okay. I wasn't really making no big deal about that. I was like, all right, we got two losses. Fine, whatever. And uh, we didn't get to the conference championship game either. And we lost to LSU. So I was like, LSU got to the championship game. So I was like, nah, I'm not even mad about that. Don't put them in. But you saw what happened. They got stumped. Now, they did beat Michigan, and that's why I'm not too happy. I'm not too, like, I'm not looking forward to the Michigan matchup the way everybody else is. Because I'm like, dude, they if they couldn't beat TCU, and they got way better players than TCU, like, nah, bro, what you going to do this year with arguably the same team? You know what I'm saying? So I'm not looking forward to that. But my point is, you've seen what happened last year, and they can't let you can't let a down Florida State team in there. You can't do that. You can't. I'm sorry, man. I think this year we got the four best teams. Finally, mm-hmm. the four best. Like I mean, you could even put like I think, I think Texas is not the best team in the thing. I think they might be the fourth best team. But I think it's close between, you know, uh, Michigan and them. Like, I don't think Michigan has a good team, bro. I don't. I don't. I'm not. And that's not me, like, talking because we play them in the Rose Bowl. I just don't think they have a good team, man. I mean, they playing really bad teams, bro. Like, their schedule is horrible this year. I mean, they really banked on beating Ohio State, right? And if they didn't beat Ohio State, would they really be considered one of the four best teams? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. So my grand scheme and my rant is that they got the committee got it right. Tough decision. I'm just glad they had the stones to do it. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And look, we're going to 12 teams next year. And what's crazy is Florida State could have avoided this whole thing had they just voted for the 12 this year. Like, everybody, yeah. the SEC was ready to go. 
But the Big Ten, ACC, and the Pac-12 was all like, nah, we don't want to go to 12 this year. Yeah, because they know they don't want the smoke, bro. Because they know they're going to have about three or four of us in there. They're not going to be able to Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, literally right now, we're going to have Bama, we're going to have Georgia, and we're going to have Mizzou in there. With maybe Ole Miss, because they right there too. So, I mean, four teams from the SEC going to be in there. So you could run the risk of having them. You want to need those four teams. You could put other teams in there. We're right in the picture too, like at 15, 16. We could freaking beat half of them teams too. Exactly. And so the, fact that crazy Daniels, the fact that Jane Daniels might win the Heisman is like, well, they would sneak in because he's the Heisman winner. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, that's my thing. Florida State really should not blame us for getting in. They should blame their leadership, the ACC commissioner and mm -hmm. the Big Ten and the Pac-12 commissioner because they the ones that signed off on this before the season started. Like, they was like, nah, nah, we don't want to go to 12. But had we been at 12, Florida State would be in, right? You have a chance to prove themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Mizzou would be in. All the other teams would be in. And we wouldn't even have a conversation about it. But they mm -hmm. didn't want to do it. So now they got to wait till next year, man, if they do that. Because, like I said, you know, Clemson ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. I don't know what. I don't know why people keep sleeping on Clemson for next year, dog. But we'll get into uh, preseason predictions for next season later on. But that's my take on the college football playoff mm -hmm. rankings, man. I think it, it was right. And I think we got the four best teams. And it's going to be fun to watch, man. Uh, but you know, what I'm saying I wouldn't be wouldn't be a football show if we ain't talk about uh the Heisman man. Uh, so your boy Jaden Daniels is the front runner coming into all of this. He's the front runner. I mean, you sold me on. I was a Jordan Travis guy. I felt like he was the story, the Florida State coming back. I felt like he was kind of my dude that I was riding with. Uh, but since he's out, you sold me on Jaden Daniels, man. You sold me on him, and I, I like him, man. I, I mean, he was tearing our defense up to the point where we had to put some hits on him. Like, yo, you ain't finna be running through our secondary like you that. Play, you about to play QB spy, okay? <laughs> Bruh, that didn't even work. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I put the two QB spy on him both ways. You know what I'm saying? So, but nah, man, I I think he's the favorite, man. But if I had to say, if I had to be on the other side, I think the player that would win it besides him is Michael Penix. I think I think voters are going to, anybody that doesn't vote for Jaden Daniels is going to vote for Michael Penix. And they're going to vote for Michael Penix because he's 14 and 0. He's been lighting it up all year, and his team's in the playoffs, man. So mm -hmm. he's obviously the best quarterback in the playoffs right now. Um, so I think that's going good for him as we trend into the end of the voting process. So I think that's the only player that I think could reasonably steal it from. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as being the best player, I think it's James Daniels, man. I think it is, man. I think that's the player that's been balling and deserves it, man. Like, 
hands down, man. I just think he he was really good. And I'll let you you plead his case, but from what I see on the other side, I think it was it was hands down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I've been making the case for this even since before before the Florida game. But before I get into that, before this past weekend, uh, it wasn't so cut. It wasn't so clean cut. There were still a lot of discussions about Bo Nix more than likely going to win the Heisman. But I think the one thing that was even before that, that he lost the head to head to Michael Penix. So that's already a factor in it. But he's still been balling. He's still been putting up big numbers. Everybody's like, okay, cool. All he has to do is ball out against Washington. If he balls out, throws like 300 yards, some touchdowns, and they win, it's a shoe in. They're going to give it to him. But I said, I said, if he struggles or if they find a way to lose this game, they will not give it to him no. because they're not going to, you're not going to lose to Michael Penix two times in a year and still find a way to get it. He didn't have a bad game. But he didn't have the game that he needed to have. One, you didn't win. And yeah. two, you really didn't light up the freaking the stat sheet until you didn't start putting the freaking numbers until like the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, when you had to rally your team back to try to win. Uh, and uh, I think J- I Jaden Daniels is the favorite, but the fact that Phoenix got the head-to-head win two times in a row, even though he didn't have a crazy game, I don't see any scenario where he steals it. But I definitely think it's pretty clear cut that he's second place. Like, I think Nix was playing better, but the fact that Phoenix won the head-to-head matchup and he really hasn't played bad all year, mm. I think he's clear cut second. But dude, nobody's doing what Jaden Daniels has been doing all year, and it just feels like it has gotten crazier and crazier and crazier every week. And they're like, "Oh, well, he's only doing it against Grambling and this and that." And I'm like, "No, he's not." So this dude has been doing this against SEC defenses all year. Even the Florida State game, dude, like, didn't play bad against them. Just like you said, y'all had to make crazy freaking adjustments at halftime because if Alabama doesn't make a two-QB spy adjustment, he's running all over them for another freaking two quarters, and they're probably not winning that game, and we might be having a different conversation about playoffs right now. Dude, I'm most impressed with him as a passer. We talked about this in the preseason. We knew he was elite running running with the ball, but he even took major leaps running the ball. But my major thing with him in the offseason, and you can vouch for it, was can he just freaking pull the trigger, just be straight, trigger happy, ready to throw that freaking ball down the field 40, 50 yards, and man, that dude was fearless. If he had a guy on the street, he's throwing it up. Like 72 completion percentage. Dude, he – I think he may have led the nation in completion percentage. But the fact that he was just fearless, he's throwing up neighbors or Thomas on a streak, and he's throwing that ball up regardless. Like, it's going. And there was no hesitation. There was no second guessing. He's like, nope, I'm putting the ball here. Go and get it. And he what? He was staying in the pocket. The man, he's like, okay, I have to extend the play. Oh, I'm taking off. It. This year was a completely different player. Mike Denbrock and that offense of staff completely developed him from a, a really good runner to an elite runner. And damn, they're almost the best passer in the country this year. Just just going downfield. Not even like the little dump-off stuff. Man. I'm talking about 20 or more yards downfield. Yeah, man. I think he had the most freaking passes or plays of 20 or more yards out of anybody else in the country, if I'm not mistaken. But, man, anytime you can throw for over 350 and run for over 200 yards in a game, 
Dude, like that's next level, bro. Like we haven't seen anything like this. The the last time we saw anything remotely close to this was Lamar Jackson. And I don't even know if Lamar's Heisman campaign looked like this. RG3 had an awesome freaking Heisman campaign. And I don't think his Heisman campaign looked like this. The fact that this the fact that this team has three losses falls nothing on him. Imagine imagine if LSU's defense play like LSU's defense did last year. You're looking at an undefeated team probably knocking off Georgia in the SEC championship game. No disrespect to Alabama, but if LSU had defense like they did last year, bro, that's a much different game because we couldn't contain you guys on the run at all. But in retrospective, though, I know I kind of went on a rant, but man, like when you see, regardless of what, it didn't matter which team he played for, when somebody's playing historically great like this on levels that we've rarely seen before, regardless of what team he plays for, you got to give credit where it's due. Uh, I feel like if anybody in the husband, it would be Howie Rory. I feel like it would be a travesty. I think it would be one of the biggest screw drives in history. I think Phoenix coming to second, Knicks comes in third. I don't think Marvin Harris. Junior should have even been invited. Uh, obviously, quarterback play plays into that, but I think that was just kind of like a, a homage to fans. But I think Jaden Daniels is the favorite. I don't see any scenario where you don't hand him over that trophy at all. Agreed, man. Agreed. That's why I let you have the floor, man. You plead his case, man, because, uh, like I said, I just don't – I don't think – I don't think you could – you could justify giving it to Phoenix, but it, it still wouldn't be – it wouldn't make sense. You know, it just – it wouldn't feel right giving it to Phoenix, man. It just wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, man. I, I, I just can't – I can't give it to – I can't give it to Phoenix, man. I just can't. I got to give it to the dude who's been hot all year. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I'm, I'm riding with Daniels, man, but – I honestly, man, if I'm really being honest, man, Marvin Harrison might not finish fourth, man. If I'm being honest, I think Jalen Milrow might finish fourth. To be honest with you. Depending on that, them uh all them other plays votes, maybe not first play votes, but a lot of them lower class votes, he's definitely gonna get some for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think Harrison Jr. should even be in the conversation at all. No, nah, not really, man. I just think he's like a best no disrespect. But... Like I think he's he just they I don't even think he's the best receiver this year. Like I wouldn't even pick him to win the Belitnikov, to be honest with you. No, man, that's Malik Neighbors all day. If not Malik Neighbors, you're giving it to dude from Washington. Yeah, dude from Washington, bro. I'm just playing. 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 But I think it's a lot closer. That he needs some. He needs some love too, though, man. He he's been a baller with yeah, Phoenix and Washington. Nice, I think it's between Neighbors and him for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I I give it Neighbors and then dude from Washington. But Marvin Harrison, I don't think so, man. I just think, man, the Big Ten is just not good, dog. Like it's easy for you to, it's easy for you to say, all right, well, we're gonna give it to to Marvin Harrison as an invite. But I'm like, dude, no, like no way. I just it don't make sense to me. Like if you're gonna vote for it, you could have you could have easily just slid Milrow in there. He's not going to. Yeah, you could have just put a quarterback in there for all that. If you're going to put a receiver in there, he's got to, like, 
catch for 2,000 yards, especially to even have a chance to win the Heisman this year. Yeah, especially when it's other dudes that's better than him. It just don't make sense, man. I don't get it. It's like when it's like when they when they put Aiden Hutchinson in the, the conversation instead of Will Anderson, who not only led the league, led the country in sacks, tackles for loss, all kind of stuff. Right. Like it made no sense, man. Like no disrespect. Remember, to uh, when, but if, you remember was it was it was it when Johnny Manziel won the Heisman or was it somewhere around there they invited that freaking quarterback? Was it from Kansas State or whatever? Oh yeah, Calvin, everybody was like, "Why did Cal- they do that?" I was say Calvin Klein. No, not Calvin Klein. That's a clothing line. Uh, but his, <laughs> last name, his last name was uh, Klein. Yeah, he went to Kansas State, but he was good too, bro. He was he was good, but like, I found him. Bro. I'm not gonna say he wasn't good, but you know what I mean, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was like the only year, like that was the year that that Menzel could win it. Any other year, I don't think he would win it. But he was just balling, dog. Like he was balling, mm-hmm. and that game he won at Tuscaloosa was just lit, bro. It was nasty. Dude, the game, <laughs> the, the 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 year afterward, that game was out of out of control too. Like, dude, we couldn't stop him, man. Little little ass was running around, kind of grabbing. That's my favorite coach player of all time, bro. Just what he could do. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I, I like, I like, I like them, man. I, I like the Heisman this year, man. I like, uh, I like Jane Daniels winning, and I like, uh, and I like Phoenix finishing second. You know, mm-hmm. third, fourth, and fifth is kind of up in the air, but I think Milrow got some. He gonna get some votes, man. He'll get some votes because I mean the growth from. Week one till now is crazy, and I mean, if and we we, we both believed in them. We both believed in from week one. It's just everybody else didn't want to think. I'm like, dude, you're sitting in a Nick Saban system. You got to sit behind Bryce Young for a little while. You have little. You still have some field experience. Like he's got yeah, the tools to do it. Different. It's a whole different system, dude. Like a whole different That's what I'm system. Saying. Like Bill O'Brien's not there anymore. Like Tommy Reese made Ian Book a draftable player. You know what I'm saying? And that was my that was my my conversation about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting here like, yo, if he can turn Ian Book into a draftable player, imagine what he can do with Jalen Milrow, who run like a four three with a cannon. And like like imagine that. You know what I'm saying? And I think he can, man. I think Jalen Milrow got a chance to really garner some some uh, NFL conversation, man. Like, he should really think about it, too, to be honest with you, because next year, yeah, he'll be the starter coming in, but I don't know, man. I don't know. We got, like, a five-star dude and uh, coming in. Julian Sand is supposed to be, like, the next big dude. Like, he's supposed to be the second coming, like from what a lot of people have been saying. Yeah, like he's supposed to be nice, man. But then we got another dude, uh, Dylan Larnigan, who's coming into it, man. Who people was like, if Jalen not the starter, we should just go ahead and give it to the freshman right now. Let's just go ahead and do it. I wouldn't even just look at it from that, bro. Look at the rest of the conference. The SEC's getting better next year. From yeah. coaching, recruiting, and you get two big freaking teams coming. So I mean, yeah. So uh, let's get into one more thing before we get up out of here, man. Let's talk about uh, 
these let's talk about the transport portal, man. It's hot right now. So what's your dream scenario for anybody in the transport portal, right? Man. One, uh, one dream scenario for anybody in the transport portal. So one player. One player that's transfer portal decision could shape college football next season. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back to the conversation we had. Uh, there's a lot of big names. Like, and any one of them could completely flip everything over on its head. But, man, I'm going to go back to the guy we've been talking about all freaking year. And that's, man, oh, Ward from Washington State. If he goes anywhere, if he goes to the Big Ten and he goes to the SEC, it's going to be nasty. And I'm specifically saying if he goes to Ohio State, that's that's dangerous. Because now Ryan Day has a really, really talented quarterback with a very talented receiving core. I know they've lost a lot of guys in the portal. Dude, that's not going to be a problem. They're going to fill them spots right back up. No. You get a dual-threat quarterback in a big-time team conference like that, like, that's scary. And even if he doesn't go to Ohio State, let's just say he transfers into the SEC. What if he transfers to an A&M or if he finds his way at Florida with Billy Napier? And it, like, that's dangerous, dude. That guy is nothing to play with. Uh, if I'm not talking about him, I'm talking about Riley Leonard going to A&M to go back with Mike Elko. I think if that happens, the SEC is definitely wide open next year, for sure. Them two together, that's dangerous, for sure. Uh, no, nah, I, I get you. I get you. I, I like, like we talked about before we got on here, I like Cam Ward to change a lot of teams, man. But if he goes to Ohio State, that can shape, turn the whole Big Ten upside down. I think mm -hmm. that's one of those players like, uh, like a Cam Newton going to Auburn. Like, oh, yeah. Like a transitional player, a transitional player, generational talent. Like, he's that good. And he could, with those receivers and the defense that took steps forward this year, I think mm -hmm. him going to Ohio State would be crazy. But my pick is Walter Nolan. Walter Nolan is a defensive end for uh, Texas A&M that just got into the portal, man. And Ooh, that's a big one. He is, uh, yeah, really, really a big player, man. Like one of the top players in uh, his recruiting class, I want to say top ten. Uh, he developed into a force off the edge, man. Uh, he's fast enough to put his hand in the dirt, uh, limble enough to stand up and blitz. Uh, I think everybody in the country that's like, you know, playoff team, you know what I'm saying, type team. Like nobody outside of the top 10 programs in the country or even in the pictures. So it's only Ohio State, us, y'all, Florida State. Uh, I think Texas. Maybe. Maybe Texas. But, yeah, I think that the, he is a player that if you were close this year to making the playoffs – you got oh, he puts you over the top. Yeah, especially defensively. He puts you over the top. Like, I think it's a two-horse race, honestly. I think it's between 
Actually, three. I say three. I say y'all, because I know y'all is really in on this transfer portal thing. I would say us in Georgia. It's a three-horse race. I mean, I throw in Ohio State in there, but I think he's an SEC dude. I don't think he's trying to go nowhere else. I think he wants to play the best and be in the best conference there is. And I think he's an SEC guy, man. If he's looking for an easier route, like not as wear and tear because he's probably going pro next year, then he probably go to the Big Ten. Uh, But I think if he wants competition and to be able to get this NIL money that he's going to get, because he's going to get a lot wherever he goes, uh, I think it's big. He's a big-time player, man. I think for us, if we get him, he transforms our whole defense right then and there. Like, honestly, he's a first-team All-American on our defense flat out because you don't have to tell him nothing. Just go get the quarterback and stop the run a little bit. That's it. Like, that's it. And, like, it's just an easy it's an easy pitch, honestly. It's like, look, you're one of the best players in the league, in, in, in the country, and you're going to play with potentially the national championship team. So why not? You know what I'm saying? We was already in the race anyway coming out of high school. So, I mean, you go to Texas A&M, you know, to be with the best class ever, but it didn't amount to nothing. So now you're playing with other dudes who was in your class that you can play with that are just as good as you. Why not? You know what I'm saying? And if you go to Georgia, I mean, it's same thing. Like, that's why I really only think it's two races, but I'm putting y'all in there because LSU is just like a spot. It's just a good spot, man. I don't know. It's something about LSU, man, that if you're a player, like a good player, like if you're not considering LSU for whatever position you play, even kicker, long snapper, like if you're not considering LSU in your top five or ten or whatever, I can't really respect it, man. I can't. I can't respect it because it's like this is a spot, man. It's one of the best atmospheres in college football. I mean, one of the biggest brands. I mean, like, I don't know. I just, if you're a top player and LSU is not there and distance isn't one of your criteria, like, I just can't, I can't respect it, man. It's just a spot. It's a spot to go. So I don't know. But I think it's one of those, those things, man. I think Walter Nolan is like my biggest dude that can transform any team today. You know what I'm saying? But he That's what be- we need anyway. We have no pass rush. If we have one more guy like the other two, like, man, if Wingo's healthy, he's playing. If Smith comes back and he plays well, and you put a guy like that on the defensive line, and you bring in a D.C. that knows how to run a defense? Man, look. like, And dude, then if you go in the next year with a quarterback who can sling it like I think we have, that's dangerous. Man, that's I'm very. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I think Cam Ward is going to be courted by a lot of teams, man. But I think if Mizzou can get one of these dudes, man. If they bring in any of those top three, four, five guys, that's trouble. Man, I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you, Mizzou is the spot. Their quarterback boy. And I really think this bowl game they got against uh, Ohio State, it's going to be a bigger bowl game than people think. Oh, if they win that game, too. You finish They're recruiting the year, will go through the roof. You're going to finish the year probably in the top five. And going into the transfer portal 
and in recruiting for the offseason, bro. Man, that's a huge recruiting pitch. Not only did they play Georgia tough two years in a row, man, look, top five finish, man, telling you, that's a spot, man. Don't be surprised if they rack up in this portal, man. I'm not going to say they're going to get, like, everybody, but I expect – No, they're going to try to put Brian Kelly. They're going to try to get Brian Kelly and try to fill out a whole freaking, like – Yeah, man, I think that's a destination, man. That's a destination people ain't talking about, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because, I mean, they already kind of – Yeah, they kind of already, like, in that third spot within the SEC East. I mean, it's Georgia – and then I would probably put Tennessee second because I think they got a lot of talent. But third, I don't place, know, bro. I don't know, bro. I think Mizzou. I think Mizzou's too, man. I'm saying, man. I, I would, I would, I would put, I'll put them in the top three in the SEC East, man. Um, I think it's a spot, man. That's a spot that you could really go to. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that it's up north, it's not like southern-ish, you know what I'm saying? It just adds – it's another level of players that you can get. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because it's in the middle of the country. Missouri's like the middle state. So it's like it's not too far from the east. It's not too far from the west. Just travel distance is good for anybody. You know what I'm saying? So it's a spot, man. i tell you. I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do with the transfer for man. But – Agreed. But like I said, man, it's a great, great episode, man. I like like doing this. I think this is a good format for us to really just do, you know, a show. Like a show every week, you know what I'm saying? We can pick a, a day. We can just do uh, just a show, man, a football show. Just talk about, you know, the current events of the week. Recap uh, the uh, NFL since that's, you know, what's going and I really think it would be really good, you know, as we get into later into the offseason or a Josh Payson. Uh, <laughs> get into it. Uh, then we get into, like, uh, recruiting. And then, obviously, the NFL playoffs. Then we get into the college football playoff, things like that. But I think recruiting would be really cool for us to do as far as moving forward. So, yeah. Uh, Y'all look out for that, man. Just we're gonna be trying different things, man. So, but before we get up out of here, man, anything you gotta say, man? Yeah, man, we really appreciate the support. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell notification so you don't miss a beat. Check out the community channel, plenty of shorts, plenty of college content, plenty of pro content. Like I said earlier, if you don't feel like watching videos and you just want to listen to something on the go. Check us out on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, all that good stuff. Plug it in on the go if you want to work out, go drive around, whatever you got. But we are truly grateful, close to 15000 And like I said earlier, don't forget to check the link in the description for one, BetUS. Tell you got some good promotional things going on off the ball network. And don't forget to check out the merch on Shopify. I think you guys will really like it. Leave some feedback, some suggestions for some merch. Maybe we can try to get that in the works for you guys. But, man. Truly grateful. Thank you guys for all the support. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Man, couldn't have said it better myself, man. All right. I'm Cam. That's Brandon. This football friend of my podcast signing off.